Hans, what were you going to say that you had to repeat exactly once you were recording? I said to Aaron, I have a feeling that if his dad watched this movie, he would have an aneurysm because I know the square root of jack <laughs> about the military and I almost had an aneurysm I, watching this movie. I went down a okay. Wikipedia rabbit hole because I was so bothered by some of the details in this movie. Okay. Oh, it's awful. Okay, but I actually think you got to hear me out. Aaron's dad could just write everything off like, oh, you know, it's it's the Air Force, like, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> oh, in the Air Force, maybe. <laughs> in the Chair Force, you know. Maybe that's how they do things over there. Just let people fly away with their planes. Yeah, all the time. This is how you guys do this? Well, we haven't yeah, started you, yet. This is how we do this. <laughs> We have to have like some introduction. Oh, we're we're about to get there. No, we're this is. Oh, we're getting there. Oh, we're getting there. But you can't check your six. It's kind of like you know taking a screwdriver to a gunfight. What's happening? Just like old Tom. Did anybody see Barbie? Please. Not yet. Uh, Okay, we'll we'll talk about Flight of Fury instead, I guess. Let's go party. No, um, we are doing the Barbenheimer. We're we seeing are. Oppenheimer at like oh. 9.35 a.m. And then Barbie at 6.05 p.m. God seeing Oppenheimer you. before 10 a.m. in IMAX is going to be wild. <laughs> That's going to be, be an experience. You're going to walk mm-hmm. out. The sun's up. Ah. <laughs> I have to say, though, uh, you're doing it in the right order. Oh. Have Having you seen, seen Oppenheimer both. yet, Aaron? Yep. Saw it in oh, IMAX okay. Sunday night. Night. Oh, that's right. That's right. Was yours a tr- true IMAX? True IMAX. Wait, really? I drove oh. an hour. You went, to, you went to King of Prussia? Um, There is one in York, apparently. Not, okay. What do you <laughs> Not to I, tell you, hey, actually, you suck, but it, <laughs> it was IMAX. It was, I know this is one of Zach's pet peeves. So, what? Whenever you define true IMAX, it depends what you mean. For Oppenheimer specifically, you need to look for if digital, a dual laser, or film 70 millimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only 70 millimeter, like true full IMAX screens oh. in Pennsylvania are at the Carnegie Science Center, which does not play like full movies, just like museum documentaries and oh. in King of Prussia. So the one in New York probably is some type of IMAX, but it's not the full uncut 70 millimeter. They, th- there's only like 30 of them in the entire That's like amazing. world. The standards of what can be called IMAX vary. Oh. Yeah, it's what we call oh, Limax. Kind of so what you saw Limax. was what we call Kroppenheimer. Oh no. <laughs> you didn't get the full 70 well, millimeter like, aspect ratio. Three quarters of an inch on the edge of the frame. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't see Emily Blunt's pores. So I wouldn't be surprised, though, Aaron, if you did see it in like a cooler IMAX than what the waterfront has. Maybe you have a really cool yeah. IMAX, but it is not the... It was a nice IMAX. It is not the certified, guaranteed, 100% USDA, organic, grade A <laughs> Oppenheimer experience that Christopher Nolan intends. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Steven C. It All. I'm Hans. I'm Aaron. I'm Zach. And... Today we're joined by my best friend, and I guess Zach's wife, Sarah. Yeah. Yay! Long-time listener, first-time see-it-aller. I don't think Sarah's actually listened to a single episode of our podcast. Zero-time listener. Unfortunately, first-time see-it-aller. It's amazing. Your first experience of this this podcast and of Seagal was just being on this podcast. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't do my homework well or or else I would know about you know this introduction and mm-hmm. all the that's okay dabble that you it's, do beforehand it's but... fine trust me <laughs> we're just gonna roll with it so uh there's no real format today we're talking about flight of fury do we have the... to <laughs> what movie did this what year did this movie come out 2007, 2007. imdb 2007 it as a 2007 movie. video Video. <laughs> the 2007 film Under Siege 3 Flight of Fury. <laughs> um, yeah. Real quick, just go over plot beats. Pretty simple. Uh, oh, crap. What was his name? Who cares? 
I don't think they Steven actually Seagal. say it. It's John Sands, according to Wikipedia. John I don't think Sands. they actually say I don't think they ever actually say it. They just say it. John. They, say, yeah. they, just say yeah. John they do say times. John over and over again. Yeah, John Sands. His uh, brain is being wiped for some reason. <laughs> That's not really explained. He's in prison. He never comes out up of again. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Never, mm-hmm. never comes up again. Breaks out of prison. Gets arrested for stopping some shoplifters. <laughs> they see the CCTV footage and see that he was not in fact shoplifting but they do know that he stole a car but they don't want to arrest him for stealing the car because that's just too easy what? they have to figure out his military record because why doesn't really matter military gets involved they call him in and say we can wipe your slate clean if you get this plane back for us and somewhere in there they had this super secret test plane the x-77 that was stolen by the pilot and taken to it said Siberia, and then all of a sudden after that they were in Afghanistan. So he flew We'll talk about that later. I can see from California over Siberia and then down through China and then over to Afghanistan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have some issues with that, but we'll get there. In one flight. Then Yeah, one flight. Yeah. We'll get there. Secret plane, the X seventy seven, stolen. Seagal has to get him back, and they'll wipe his record clean, and then he's free of the military. I didn't know that he was not free of the military before, but whatever. I guess that's why he was getting brain wiped. Doesn't matter. That's pr- that's really the whole thing. He <laughs> flies there. A whole bunch of antics ensue. He gets the plane back, has the world's worst dogfight, and then the movie's over. <laughs> I have to touch on something because I have to get out of the uh-huh. way because my brain's about... I, I'm literally about to explode. <laughs> Go for it. If... Dear listener, you look at the movie poster for this movie, mm-hmm. which is what what intrigued me so much. What the reason why I've been so excited? To t- well, not excited, but why I wanted to talk about this one so much. The plane on the movie poster is an F one seventeen Nighthawk. They even say in the movie that the X seventy seven, this secret plane that has it's so many millions of dollars and has this uh, cloaking ability that makes it entirely invisible, and that's why it's so important. They even say in the movie that it is based on an F-117 Nighthawk. The range of the F-117 Nighthawk, I'm just going to call it the Nighthawk, the range of that, according to the internet, which, you know, who knows, is 765 miles. It is at least 5,000 miles to get from (laughs) Edwards Air Force Base, where they start off to get to Siberia, and then another couple thousand miles to get from (laughs) Siberia to Afghanistan. They did that in one trip, and it happened instantly. Also, they say that the X-77 is a supersonic jet. The Nighthawk is not a supersonic jet. It is a subsonic jet. It also only seats one person, and in this movie, they have two people sitting in it. Why they chose this plane for this movie makes mm. next to zero okay, sense let me, to me. Let me tell you I, why. I can't work it out. Let me out. tell you why. Please do. Because about a third of this movie is actually just archival footage of planes taking off and landing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they and got. So they had some archival footage of like this cool looking plane and it's really easy to take this plane design. So if you if dear listener, if you don't know what this plane looks like, it's just like a bunch of flat planes like it's very geometric uh and so if you want to go into like a video editing program and make that turn invisible finding the edges on this thing is very easy (laughs) it's all straight lines (laughs) like it would make the editing so much easier for this there's a there are a couple scenes throughout the movie where the plane turns invisible which that's much easier to do if it has no organic shapes and it's all just (laughs) flat planes and straight lines uh, so I can guarantee that is why that happened. I guess that it's makes sense. They saw, but they also I have archival footage of this looks pretty cool, and it's going to be super easy to adjust in whatever the 2007 version of After Effects is. <laughs> well, and speaking of archival footage, the the most blatant one of that, Seagal has to take an SR-71 Blackbird mm. to get to Afghanistan yes. fast enough to like catch up with this guy who took the subsonic jet whatever not only have all blackbirds been retired for many 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 years but they take this one and the footage that they have it leaving the hangar has cars on the runway from the 70s mm-hmm. it's so absurd i also think some of the shots of the blackbird are actually like 
that's like CG, but like lo-fi CG. Like they put a filter over it to make it look like archival footage. Like it looks really off sometimes. Uh, yeah, it does. But anyway. Okay, Hans, you do also have to remember that in a previous movie we watched, they talked about a brand new spinoff of the KGB that was 15 years old. <laughs> like these movies are made with. That's true. And they're made. The, the scripts are written with an expiration date and then they just go well past that expiration date. Like you have yeah. chunky spoiled no, right. milk of a movie script and movie <laughs> effects here. The, every one of these movies was supposed to be made like 15 <laughs> years before it actually came out. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That's it. So I've, I've one more thing though. Mm-hmm. One more thing, and then I'll shut up. Mm-hmm. The the whole point about them having to retrieve this plane is because it has this this super secret cloaking technology that effectively makes it invisible. They based it off of a Nighthawk, and I know that it's sci-fi and cloaking technology is a whole separate thing, but the, it just it triggered something in my in my memory, and I remembered that the Nighthawk, it's obviously it was it was retired I think in two thousand and eight, like a year after this movie oh, came out, so luck. it was still some somewhat relevant when this movie came mm. out. But I did remember that there was only one instance of a Nighthawk being shot down over like like during any kind of combat and it was shot down i have to look this up because i don't remember the year it was shot down in march of 1999 and the the air force determined that it wasn't worth going in and trying to salvage the plane it wasn't worth trying going in and trying to destroy the plane because the stealth technology on the nighthawk was already so far outdated and already like (laughs) well known to the rest of the world that they just let it crash and they let i think it was potentially russia and china from wherever it crashed they just let them have it it was fine because in 1999 it was already that dated i know that the whole sci-fi cloaking thing adds another layer on it but i thought it was extremely funny that there's a real world instance of this plane being just left in enemy territory by the military in 1999 because it was already dated and then this movie decides that they have to have this hypercritical mission where seagal gets this plane back in 2007 but was this the 75 million dollar invisible version of the plane that went missing? <laughs> okay except um, no, okay but... we haven't gotten to like the important way we should start off this these yeah these episodes are like general yeah. impressions but Dun-dun. i do want to say like okay you just said it's like the 74 75 million dollar plane which they state in the movie except the bad guys pay a hundred million dollars for it <laughs> like they pay the pilot a hundred million dollars and then another the hundred million, million dollar plane. plane to drop two bombs so yes. they pay 200 million dollars for this mission for the 75 million dollar plane yes and it drove me up the wall but anyway we're supposed to at the beginning of these episodes just give our general impressions Hans, you're the lead on this. What's your general impression? That was it. You have my general impression. This is a, a dumb as <laughs> movie. It was absolutely awful, and it 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 made me want to punch my own face oh. over and over and over again because constant, constantly, constantly, there were uh, just everything happening on screen was so frustrating. No one even did even the slightest, teeniest, tiniest bit of research. Every actor was was half decent, and then Seagal dragged the scene down as usual. It's just bad. It's so frustrating when did to you watch finish throughout watching the entire this? thing. Uh, about thirty seconds before we started the call. <laughs> You're always so mad when you come this fresh off of a movie watch. <laughs> you need time to like cool off before you come on the pod. They have so they have, at one point they they don't hear from Seagal and his team, so they decide, oh, we're just gonna have to launch an air raid and bomb the crap out of this plane yeah. so that nobody else can get it. Which cool, fine, whatever. But they ugh, they have to start planning this like a day in advance and the admiral on the there's this aircraft carrier in the somewhere i don't remember where the admiral tells the colonel or i can't i'm sorry i don't know military ranks because i'm stupid but he tells the guy in command of the planes to set this up the guy tells him i'm not going to send my pilots out there without like a written command from someone above you i'm not going to send them in enemy airspace unless we have official orders and then by the end of the movie he just says oh what the hell (laughs) we'll send him out there anyway i got four planes up on deck fueled and ready to go we don't have written orders we completely abandoned that part of the plot but you know what's four lives (laughs) who cares oh i hated it 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 so I don't think Hans liked it very much. No. Nah, I, I don't think so either. No. Aaron, Aaron, you do raise a good point. Something we didn't even talk about at all is that they just also, before Seagal gets there, drop in like six SEAL team members 
Three of them die off screen. You literally have a member to say, oh, yeah, oh, they're getting killed over there off screen. And then the three of them stand in the middle of an empty warehouse and then all get shot to death. So they do absolutely yep. nothing other than get dropped in and immediately die. But what are your general impressions? What's your just what do you think of this movie? If you had to tell somebody what you thought of the movie, which you do because you're telling me. Aaron has to really <laughs> wrangle you guys in. I have to wrangle I'm the podcast too. mom. Podcast you are mom. The podcast mom. <laughs> oh, it fits so well for you. <laughs> I did not hate it nearly as much as Hans. I think honestly, this really is under siege three because it's basically under siege two again, where it gets <laughs> dumb, dumb, dumb as rocks, and Hans is mad because this plane isn't accurate and, <laughs> and the flight times are nowhere near accurate. Like you can just teleport across the world. <laughs> Um, it's a one-man stealth fighter that's flying over eight thousand miles on a single tank of gas. Him? Did I disagree with him? No, <laughs> I didn't disagree with him. I'm stating that happened. <laughs> but then I go, sense. "This is dumb as this is dumb as all get out." <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of funny. It's kind of fun. It's very funny that like you have one shot of Seagal just like single-handedly like you know wielding an ak-47 and then the rest of the movie and then there's a random inexplicable lesbian sex scene and then the rest of the movie is like stock footage of planes from the 1970s taking off this is just like the and explosions from other movies and explosions from other movies it is oh my god this should have been the third under siege movie and it should have been like four times as dumb as the last under siege movie so they did the boat Oh, sorry about my microphone. So they did the boat, they did the train, the train. Now they did the plane. Like they, they really had something here. I don't know why it's Flight of Fury. I, I, it should be Under Siege three. What, what was his name in Under Siege? Um, oh, I was just thinking about this earlier today. Uh, Steven Seagal's Seagal. character's name, Casey Ryback. Casey Ryback. That's, like that's if right. you literally just instead of John Sands called him Casey Ryback and like said he was in the Navy, like you could change basically nothing else yeah he was a navy pilot boom done so this is still bad this is still a very bad movie like one of in some ways in some production values pretty low one of the worst ones so far but in the in terms of the actual watching experience it was like very middle of the road for me like the entire time i kind of since i was watching it with sarah we were watching it and i was simultaneously explaining what the seagal movie typically is Mm mm-hmm um and yeah i was like this is not the best but it is not the worst yeah so just really bad news for you this is like lower end of the middle of the pack for me like it's not it's not offensively bad like some of the other ones we've watched i guess that's true Sarah, I introduced you and then I just went on a rant because I've been holding it in for like a full hour now. I want to hear your thoughts on this because as I recall, this is your first Seagal movie ever? Yes, you're correct. Please, tell me everything about your experience. (laughs) I first want to point out that he said that he's been holding this in for an hour when like he started in hot 30 (laughs) seconds after finishing the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've been holding it for an hour since the beginning of the movie. <laughs> it's pretty pathetic, Hans. <laughs> pathetic. Now, um, I. It was bad. That was. Bad. Would you care to elaborate? Like, I, I'm pretty sure that all of your brains have just been rotted oh, by this. Oh, yes. oh definitely. Oh, we've talked about this many times. Yes. Has has Zach introduced you to the idea of the flow state? No, I did not introduce her to the flow state. <laughs> I didn't talk about our respective, uh, you know, our the Overton windows of our movie viewing. I, I haven't gone into any of this with her. What the? <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> We've been broken. Uh, we have our 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 uh, our movie viewing. Yeah. The barometer, our movie, it's just yeah. The barometer is broken. It cracked. We've we've entered what what we have coined. I think it was. I think Aaron coined it. Maybe it was Zach. I don't remember. But one of you, I I know it wasn't me, coined the flow flow state, state. where the movie just sort of rolls over you like a like a wave of water. (laughs) You you don't necessarily watch the movie so much as the movie happens to you. It's a it's a coping mechanism. Yeah. It's a defense mechanism against You all need these therapy. 
well, I posit it. The main you know. part of the flow state is accepting what life throws at you. Like when you, rather than block an opponent's attack, you redirect the opponent's attack. We're doing here Aikido. Something stupid and awful happens, and you just go, "Oh yeah, that ha- yeah this this is the time. This is the part of the movie where that stupid and awful thing would happen, and you just move on and you don't question it." Yeah, we're and doing just... uh, cinematic cinematographer's Aikido, just redirecting, uh-huh. redirecting it. Um, okay. I, this sounds like puppy therapy or uh, <laughs> not therapy. Um, like puppy training. Puppy training, mm-hmm. redirecting Bailey <laughs> yeah. during his biting. Um, that's what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, well, so, so I'm interested. This is the worst movie you saw this year, baby? Oh. What did you say, Aaron? Oh, I, I was just wondering what your viewing experience was like. Like, how did you mm. watch the movie? Mm. Mm. Okay. So, what time did we start the movie last night? Uh, 9.30? That was our first mistake because <laughs> I was a sleepy girl by 1030. Like I needed to be in bed and I could hardly pay attention. It was not capturing me. I was on my phone. Now, granted, my husband said I could be on my phone. That's okay. Yeah, that's yeah. that's okay. That's fine. So I was on my phone doing other things. We had mood lighting, you know, so then I could get comfy cozy with a blanket. I may have had a little bubbly drink with me oh that's the only way to do it it's the only way to do it exactly (laughs) spoiler could not finish it initially (laughs) couldn't even finish my drink i was so done i was so done like that's how bad it was um and so then i had to come home from work a long day of work to watch the last 40 minutes it was painful i i was not happy and I would have to say this was like the worst movie I've seen in 2023. Actually, probably one of the worst movies ever. Hallmark movies are better than this. Oh, by a long shot. <laughs> Not even close. Yeah. Oh, this does give me a thought. This is the sister podcast. This is the spinoff where like Sarah and her mom or like Sarah and one of her friends just watches like every Hallmark movie that comes out or something like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, my gosh. That's a good spinoff. I like it. it no, so... Um, yeah. yeah no so like we said my barometer is broken i've been slowly repairing it though <laughs> i've seen a lot of movies recently barbenheimer Barbie i did the barbenheimer i did the bar barbenheimer i did it on over a weekend i didn't watch them back to back and i'm still re-watching all the mission impossible movies so since mm. last episode we did say that we need to do that yeah since last episode i've seen uh mission impossible four and five and Barbie and Oppenheimer. Dang. Yeah. And then I watched Flight of Fury starring Steven Seagal. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, you watched some pretty good ones. Actually, excellent ones. Just arguably. some of the best and movies I've seen in a very this. long time. You guys. <laughs> Everyone needs to see oh, Barbie, you do y'all. that to yourself? But so my unfortunate takeaway from this movie is that it is just on the boring side of competent. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't even know if... I. I don't know if it was even competent. Well, so here's well, why I say that. Mind, and even half of this is just reused stock footage. Yeah. So it's competent <laughs> and very big footage. Here's why I say it's just on the boring side of competent. Because Seagal only appears on screen for like maybe <laughs> two thirds. No, of it. because oh, I can tell that <laughs> the script writers had an outline. Like wow. Mm-hmm. Which that's a pretty loose that's outline. Like baseline. Well, okay, you haven't watched the previous twenty-four Seagal movies, which very obviously no, no, did not have an outline. You can't pay me enough. Uh, so the reason I say that, okay, so like shortly after Seagal escapes from the brainwashing prison with the help of accomplices who never come up again, he has a team of people who helped him escape from prison, from where he was about to be literally like brainwashed with a brainwashing device like from captain america (laughs) but that just never comes up again his teammates like never come in again that never comes up the second scene in the movie is the the pilot colonel ratcher played by steve toussaint who's like getting ready to fly the plane he ends up stealing the plane he puts a pistol in an ankle holster which i thought watching this movie oh it's a seagal film they're planting an idea this will not pay off (laughs) <laughs> like I know in my heart of hearts that this will not matter by the end of this movie. And I was very happily wrong about that. 
<laughs> at the very end of this movie, he does pull that pistol out of his ankle holster and he does shoot someone. And so they're like in very broad strokes, there is a structure to the movie that makes sense. Like thing yes. that doesn't make a whole lot of sense happens and has a consequence that leads to the next thing, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it does have a general through line, which has a consequence, which leads to the next thing and so on through the movie. Like in very broad strokes, the movie works as a story. It's very dumb That's... and none of the details make any sense, but in broad strokes, it works, which for the past like 10 movies, that has not been the case. Like even in broad strokes, I think what Sarah really needs to know is like specifically the fact that you say at the beginning they set up something and then at the end of the movie they call back they do they have a payoff mm-hmm. for that thing. We have literally been trained to not expect that. <laughs> like when watching these movies, one of us like Hans or Aaron or, or I will say like, "Oh yeah, this thing happened and then like it was weird that it never factored in." <laughs> and we have to be like if a thing comes what does it up, just to change a man. Just know that it's not going to come back. Not, this character that's having a change of heart, they're not going to be relevant later. This no. thing, this plot point that's being set up, it doesn't matter. No, like you eventually, we've learned to spot like <laughs> this thing that in another movie would matter because we know how movies work doesn't matter here. So it is actually very <laughs> weird that yeah. they set up that he has a pistol and then later he uses that pistol. Mm, Chekhov. So- does not have any guns in these movies. No. This is like the first time that has <laughs> no. ever happened. So I think like my barometer is so broken that like I I felt watching this movie, I was like proud of the writers of this movie <laughs> that they proud? did the most basic <laughs> step of like having an Zach outline. Just winced so hard. <laughs> I was oh like, oh God. thank you. Joe Halpin, you do realize, writer of this yeah, movie. You do realize when you say you're proud of them, you're saying you're proud of Steven Seagal. He's listed as the second writer. Well, on I say that he, he really? probably gets writing credits for all the weird little changes that he made day of shooting. <laughs> like, it was probably his idea to do the brainwashing th- thing. It was probably his idea mm-hmm. to hold an AK out full extension, arm fully <laughs> extended, one-handed, firing an AK full auto. <laughs> So you're giving credit specifically to Attack Force, Flight of Fury, Urban Justice, and Pistol Whipped writer Joe Halpin. Oh, yes. Uh, but I can tell that like somebody had a general idea of, okay, this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens, and this happens. Once you go one layer deeper than that, it all falls apart. But at least in the general sense, there is a story here about a guy tracking down a guy who stole a plane. Like, that is happening. That's fair. Because we, we've said this a whole pathetic. bunch. Of it is pathetic. You are well, right. This is it is pathetic. pathetic. I can't believe we're dictating. Like, oh my god! This is At painful. least it's a story you guys about do this something. Every week? Yeah. Well, no, actually, because the past few weeks it hasn't been a story about something. It's been like a whole bunch of entirely unrelated events just sort of happening on yes. screen for no reason. It's basically, a montage. This one, Aaron is right. There is actually a, a a sort of loose path that connects all of the plot points. This is one of the more like movie movies. Yeah. Very sorry to break it to you, but yeah, movies can get much worse than this. <laughs> you're, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just like, I think you just need to check yourself as to why you're doing this in the first place. Like, well, so you are I, literally rotting your brain. It was we're halfway through. We can't yeah, stop. Yeah, it now. was many episodes ago, but I I wondered aloud. You know, are we accidentally doing a supersize me where it's not so much about the McDonald's menu of Seagull movies, but about what it does to our minds and bodies? I love that. <laughs> because the, I mean, the way I watch movies is different. Like when I started my Mission Impossible rewatch, I started with Mission Impossible 3 because those are the most relevant to the new movies. And the whole time I'm like, I'm watching Tom Cruise like get beat up and like do crazy stunts. And I'm like, Steven Seagal would never. There's no way. <laughs> Those fight scenes? Atrocious. <laughs> oh. Atrocious. Atrocious. Oh, yeah. Like, Not good. Well, how many times did we point out that we couldn't see their faces? <laughs> oh, it's and literally, it's all the time. It's like all the time. It's but like fighting the moves purchase. don't even make sense. <laughs> Like, they make no sense. And, like, there's no continuation of a move from, like, one scene to a next. Yeah. Or, like, whatever scene. Like, you know what I mean. Not a scene, but... Like a shot. Like a shot. shot yes. Yeah, thank you. One beat Words. to the next doesn't doesn't make any sense. You know? Oh. This is another thing, though, where, again, we need to explain how rare it is that actually, like... <laughs> 
they're hiding his face and his moves don't look good, but it's not like very obviously another person <laughs> subbing in to do the action or subbing in to do the dialogue. Like the fact that this <laughs> or subbing mostly... in to do the stairs. Right. Like... The fact that this is not obviously another person who is not Seagal playing Seagal's part for like 70% of the movie is again a rare thing. <laughs> this is a very sad step up from the previous like 10 movies. Uh, this entire thing is sad. <laughs> Just absolutely sad. <laughs> uh, can I talk about a rabbit hole that I went down when watching this movie? Oh, please do. I already did uh, mine. So, Sarah, you talked about like being on your phone during like yeah. a big chunk of the movie. I was on my phone during a big chunk of the movie wondering what in the world was going on with these guns. I learned so much about the history of the automatic Kalashnikov. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so, throughout this movie, they're using... AKs with a side folding stock and a front wooden foregrip. Yeah. That doesn't exist. Like as as no? a what? as a rifle. I think something it's also it's not like the I don't know how to explain it. It is like the grip where your hand is like where like fist vertical. It is yeah. like it's, a, it's yeah. like a weird it's molded, a foregrip, yeah. like a pistol foregrip. Yeah. On the front of the rifle. There was yeah. never a production AK with a wooden foregrip. That never happened. Which means that it's a custom rifle. So I went down this this rabbit hole. So what they're firing? What, Are you yes, sure? I did a lot. It was dumb. How much time I spent on this? <laughs> so they're using uh, an AKS seventy four, which has uh, so the AKS S for short it has a side folding uh, uh, buttstock because I thought at first it was an AKS from the 47 line, which was only called the 47 for the Type 1 AK, which only lasted like a couple of years. By the mid-50s, they had moved away from the 47 designation. <laughs> oh but that had an underfolding buttstock. And so that means it had to be from the AK-74 line. So it was an AKS-74. But the AKS-74 was never produced with a foregrip, especially a wooden foregrip, which means that that was a custom modification, which means that every time you see anyone firing an AK in this movie... It's like the same three rifles that they just passed around to everybody, which in a normal movie wouldn't be that bad. Like when you watch a military movie, whatever, and they're firing like M4s or M16s or whatever, like they're basically indistinguishable from each other. So like they'll have, you know, 10 people who are supposed to be firing these weapons, but only have like five guns on set. And depending on what shot you're doing, you'll just pass around the same guns and it doesn't matter because they're identical. The problem is all of these guns that we're, that we're using in this movie are modified in like really weird ways. And so they're very recognizable. So I know when Seagal like is firing blindly around a corner uh, and the other guy. <laughs> and not putting the stock in nobody his shoulder. Nobody fires down in his gut. With the stock in their shoulder. Everyone is firing from the hip throughout the entire <laughs> movie. It is like the SEALs, the Navy SEALs who have like MP5s, which is a British firearm, but whatever are like firing from the hip. No one is aiming down sights at any moment. <laughs> like you'll have two people in this movie who are firing at each other and it'll be like one shot of one guy firing, another shot of another guy firing. And I know that it's it's the same rifle in each guy's hand. Like they shot one shot and then he handed it to the other actor and they shot him firing back with the same gun, which normally wouldn't be a problem if you were just using like standard AKs, but it has a custom foregrip and it's just, it drove me up the wall, which it shouldn't have. Did you ever stop to consider that these were also rare limited prototype $75 million AKs that they had paid somebody <laughs> like $200 million to like steal for them? Did you ever consider that possibility? That is that is quite possible. I'm boring. That's I didn't amazing. go down a rabbit hole with this because it wasn't worth my time. You know, it wasn't worth mine either. <laughs> That's the sad part about it. Okay, but what I will say, what was pretty fun this time watching with Sarah was like as we were going, pointing out like, what is a traditional like Seagal hallmark and like what is not uh. like as we're going like something would happen I'd be like yeah like this yeah this is like what happens like in a Seagal movie like this happens all the time the one that sticks out the most is when he's in the room with with the woman with the, woman, the yeah. good the good gal um I forget her what's her character's name Jessica it's not Eliana it's Jessica yeah Jessica. when he's in the room with Jessica which where did she come from something. who is she why is she here I, it kind of don't worry about partner, it. And they're they're maybe, together, yeah, yeah. But like, why is she in Afghanistan? The, and the terrorists know where she is, but she's also hiding from them. I don't know. Couldn't tell you that. 
Don't worry about it. Flow state. Aaron. Flow state. None of your business. <laughs> I, I watched too many good movies this week. I, I wasn't in the flow state. Ah, the flow state. Oh. The flow's broken. I know. <laughs> but while we're watching, I'm just like doing the classic thing. We're watching. I'm like, oh, okay, I yeah, here's like, you know, honestly, in a lot of ways, it felt like a bit of a throwback. Like there were more <laughs> like 90s Seagal things here than like 2000s Seagal things here. I'm like, oh, here's like the, you know, um, hard to kill, like, you know, liquor store hold up that he stopped. Oh, like, I have a note about that. I was like, oh, this feels like an early Seagal scene yeah. where he goes into a convenience store and there's like a, a holdup in a convenience store and he just murders everyone while letting the convenience store clerk <laughs> die. It felt very early Seagal. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, yeah, like, you know, that happens and this happens. The one I didn't anticipate is when he's in the room with Jessica and she's wearing a revealing outfit. And I said, OK, what's probably going to happen here because this happens a lot is she will get just randomly completely naked and he will stay fully clothed like trench coat and sunglasses on and just kind of like paw at her and that will be the sex scene yeah movie did a plot twist right right when i thought i was in the flow state right when i thought it was going to happen the evil gal uh i'm really blank eliana she comes in and seagal hides and jessica seduces her and they make out, and it's a very, like, a, a sapphic romance there until Jessica pulls out the gun and doesn't kill her, but it's just like, okay, like, get out, and just, like, kicks Eliana out. <laughs> it was very weird, very random, and I was just like, that doesn't normally happen. Normally, you have a fully closed Seagal with, like, a naked woman for an unnecessary sex scene. They don't typically have the two gals, so... I could have gone on longer. I would have been okay with so that. So, maybe, oh. technically, th- this could be the first Seagal movie to pass the Bechtel test, so we can give it that. Congratulations. I think this has to be the first one. Wow. So, the bar is that low. But that's the first thing that I was really like, oh, oh, that's new. That doesn't, that doesn't typically happen. No. No. Uh, no. <laughs> no. 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 Everything else was very typical Seagal. We have a car chase where you can't see anyone's faces inside it of there. It felt classic Seagal, know. though. Oh, what do you want to know? Yeah. I want to know, why does this man talk so softly? <laughs> yeah. What is the point? Why does he talk so softly and slur over his words? He can talk real yeah. fast. He can't actually sit them out. He can't actually say Because anything. he doesn't know his no. lines. I don't know. It makes no sense. Because he's just <laughs> saying stuff. And then in the middle of talking real fast, so, uh, you know. That's a <laughs> great throw a couple impression. of those in there. But then he comes in at one point. Oh, you're going to have to bleep this out. But he's like, what <laughs> is it? Thanks for the warning. I'm going to move out of the way, mother or whatever. And mm. I'm like, oh, this is like the only time that you are actually loud. <laughs> That's there. a rare he moment. Like he will go whole yeah. movies. He'll it's go whole, a whole era without ever raising his voice. A whole era? The, like five or six movies. Just oh, never raises everything's like a, a husky whisper, yeah. you know. That's a good way to describe it. Oh, and you know what? You know what you missed, babe? You know what you didn't really experience here? What, what did I miss, babe? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> what you missed out on is Steven Seagal trying to sound black. Oh, yeah. Oh. He doesn't do it every movie. Oh, my God. But there is like, I'm not even joking. This man who was born in Lansing, Michigan, like, <laughs> Lily White Steven Seagal in previous movies has said, like, all right, now get this white mother you're out of here or something like that like he <laughs> straight up tries to talk like a very stereotypical black man in these movies like he changes That's his awful. accent he'll change his accent like multiple times within the same movie and some of them are a lot worse than others well when, so you didn't have that this was just straight up whispery husky so when he's not pretending to be asian he, he does that a lot too. <laughs> or american indian oh. <laughs> So problematic. Ridiculous. Oh, my. I, I talking about a man who's awful. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I yeah. still don't yeah. understand. He's terrible. You, you oh, yeah, will he's never terrible. Convince, he's convince me. Like, oh, he's, I'm, he's I'm, like maybe what are one we of trying the worst to convince you of? on the planet. Don't watch these movies. Just unapologetically yeah. bad. That's why we're watching them. We're watching them so no one else has to. Oh wow, you're doing such a kind deed for everyone else. <laughs> it's huh? an, public it's a noble thing. Oh please. <laughs> <laughs> I did just learn about what is it expendables uh we were talking about the expendables because I was mentioning like when you look up are there any current or future skull projects in their works the only thing you'll find is them very specifically saying that he will not be in expendables for <laughs> <laughs> emphasis on the not Was he in any previous expendables <laughs> no no okay it's just because the expendables are like every single action movie star that you've ever heard of yeah other than Seagal <laughs> <laughs> and they've said no absolutely not can i say a fun fact yeah go for sure. it please do 
Hans, you know this fun fact, if you remember okay. it. Um, you mentioned something about what SR seventy one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Earlier. Yeah. Do yeah. You, Do you remember my fun fact, Hans? I do. Okay. I'll tell you. I'll tell you, Aaron. So my fun fact that is not really related to this movie is that my dad, way back when, was an attorney, and he got a job writing in like instruction manuals. Mm-hmm. And he worked on like top secret projects oh, and on wow. a military base and all like all of his kids, but me, <laughs> have like health issues because of like all the radiation exposure oh, that wow. he, he had. Yeah, it's pretty, it, I wouldn't say bad, but intense, right? But he wrote the instruction manual for SR-71. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's so that's my cool. fun fact. So mm-hmm. often we wonder aloud what Aaron's dad would think of these movies because he has seen some Pascal movies. So I wonder what Sarah's dad would think of this movie. I would be very curious. <laughs> He'd probably look at the what is this X seventy seven? Yeah, that's the, the yeah the stealth the seventy five. Yeah, yeah. He bomber. would go on a whole like total rampage about like how awful it is, similar to like what you did, uh, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. although. Can I just say the first time that plane turns invisible, the first time they have it go invisible was hilarious. <laughs> They're talking about the stealth bomber, and I'm just picturing, like, yeah, you know how stealth bombers work. They, like, disappear from radar. I was not ready for this thing to literally just, like... Literally boop, disappear. Like, just Wonder <laughs> Woman like invisible a, jet. <laughs> it's like the Star Trek transporter yeah. effect, too. It's wild. And then sometimes they kind of had the budget to do, like, a little, oh, it's not fully invisible, it's, like, refracting lights. And then sometimes they're just like, nope, they just wipe it, like... <laughs> photoshop like you know background fill-in tool like just it's gone amazing oh man so actors who went on to do bigger and better things do we want to go there yet are we ready are there any of those yes actually so the guy who stole the plane uh cap ratcher played by steve Toussaint. uh he plays lord corliss valerian in house of the dragon oh are you serious yeah I do. I did recognize very him. important character from House of the Dragon. So that's the second House of Dragon character uh, that we've had in a Skull movie. Yes, is is House is HBO? Sorry, is Max's TV show House of the Dragon, oh. the new Super Mario Brothers movie for the Skull podcast? No, sadly, <laughs> we're not even close. <laughs> Angus McInnes, who played General Tom Barnes, like the main military leader guy who was in charge of like the Air Force general. Angus McGinnis, he played Gold Leader in Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, and he reprised <laughs> his role in Rogue One, A Star Wars Story in 2016. Some smaller roles, but he had some small roles in Judge Dredd, Eyes Wide Shut, and Hellboy. Those are some pretty cool ones. I don't know why you're pointing out all of this when you could be... Actually, just kidding. Never mind. <laughs> I thought it said Grey's Anatomy, not Gross Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> But a point still stands. I was going to say, you got to recognize Grey's Anatomy, but just kidding. Wait, you didn't. So you saw the Gross Anatomy, but you didn't want to talk about the fact that he was in uh, Superman 2 as the warden? Uh, Yeah, you're right. right. So Jessica, played by Sierra Payton, she was in 90 episodes of some TV show called The Oval. So she's doing fine for herself. That, That... TV show ended in 2022, uh, and she's been in two episodes of a new TV show, Princess Power, in 2023, so she's still making stuff, so good for her. Actually, it seems like pretty much everyone in this movie at least has, like, background roles in other much, much better projects. I can tell you that Vincenzo Nicoli, who played Peter Stone... Was in Thomas and Friends, <laughs> Digs and Discoveries, <laughs> nice. a Thomas the Tank Engine well, movie. Well, that's okay. nice. Okay. That's good. <laughs> that... I bet you didn't have that no. one written down. I'm trying to find, like, behind-the-scenes people. Oh, like some of the crew? Yeah, who did. Are his stuntmen credited in this one? Okay, I did point that out, actually, while yeah, we were yeah. watching the movie, that... They're Alyssa Stunman and Sarah pointed out like there's a lot of stuntmen. There's like something like twenty or thirty like stuntmen mm-hmm. listed there. Yeah. And then also there is one specifically that is a, like stuntman for Mr. Seagal or something like that. Beyond Christoph. And I guy. thought that was interesting considering we've seen That's in the good. past like he would literally fight to have a particular stuntman and then not credit them in the movie. Yep. 
the fact that they credit like specifically here's the stunt person for steven seagal <laughs> they had it was like a stunt man and a like a photo man oh yeah they had stunt double and photo double yeah. for mr seagal oh. <laughs> it was stupid he's such a terrible person <laughs> at least he credited them this time that's all we can say i guess yeah not a lot uh i mean there are some interesting people behind the scenes but i'm not finding much to be honest this is another one it was not memorable no. no no it was frustrating irritating overall bad with the with and it just ends i can't i know i, I brought this up very briefly i can't stress enough it ends on the world's dullest dogfight. you, you have two planes in the air any other movie could have made that work but they managed to make it really boring <laughs> you can't see anything like i i have in my notes everything is shot in such extreme close-up that it feels experimental yeah. well everything is shot up in exactly the way you need to film it when you want to use entirely stock footage for like the final climactic like dogfight <laughs> of your movie and you can just in post cut to close-ups filmed like on a soundstage with like the two actors yeah i guess there was also those weird awkward close-ups between yeah. the two guys when the two like military guys are like cutting the deal like you know it's these dutch I, a, dutch angles that are like an inch from their face oh, and yes. they're both Awful. like they're both in kissing it threw range. me off <laughs> it threw me off so much because the they they those two had conversations like eight other times and yeah. it was completely normal mm -hmm. and then for that yeah. one scene they were exactly like you said they were like inches their their noses could have touched <laughs> it was mm -mm. Nope. It was really weird. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. It made very, me kind of uncomfortable. Weird. Sarah. What? Sarah, what was your favorite line? What's what's a quote? What's uh some dialogue you remember? I what? <laughs> I, that's I a section on this podcast. Dialogue it's, to memory. It's, that's yeah, that's a I'm gonna have to be totally honest too. This is another one where I struggle. If you like truly ask me to think of like one quote that sticks out. I don't know. If I, I have can. a couple. You have a couple? Oh my gosh! I, please let me copy your homework because I don't know. I can't remember a single line from this movie. All right, I, I had to write them down because I knew I'd forget. In the very beginning, when Seagal gets caught and uh, at the at the convenience store, and they take him in and start questioning him, they look at the tape, see that he didn't actually rob the convenience store, and <laughs> they have to get in contact no, with the military. People, so okay, yeah. Yeah, they, they have to get in contact with the military. I don't even remember what happened, but the the guy in charge of the investigation sends this guy off and says, yeah, go find him. And somebody comes back in and hands him a coffee. And it's like the scene's almost over, but this guy hands him a coffee and says, your coffee, sir. And the guy takes like a solid four seconds and recoils and then says, I don't drink coffee. And then the scene's mm -hmm. over. I thought that was very funny. <laughs> like, what's the point? Well, because oh, exactly. he asked for a coffee at it's the beginning of the scene. <laughs> Yeah. He did? Mm-hmm. Oh. He says, go bring me a coffee. And then at the end, when they bring it, he goes, I don't drink coffee. This movie has set up a payoff. Even that character never comes back again, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, like, surprisingly established for a character that never comes back. Yeah. He, like, seems like an actual yeah. character. Yeah. He's got a personality. Yeah. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. Oh, the other one. They're talking to, uh, oh, what's his name? The Seagal's partner who wasn't really a partner that he didn't like, but then saved at the end and didn't actually play in anything. It doesn't matter. In this movie or in the last 24 movie? <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Richard Janik, played by Mark Basley. Yeah, and they have to go confront... Oh, crap, you just said it. The guy that stole oh. the plane in the first place. They confront him. They don't just shoot him. They have every opportunity to just kill him, and they don't do it. He's asking him why he did it. And the guy says, because they're going to pay me $200 million, free and clear. And it's another, like, really long gap. And the guy <laughs> looks at him and then has this, like, quizzical face, pop, quizzical look pop on his face. And he says, but this is treason. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah? <laughs> $200 million. What don't you understand about that? It's a lot of money. But this is treason. I don't know. I thought that was funny. That's all I got. Seagal ends up flying the stupid jet back to edwards air base from afghanistan mm -hmm. without refueling yeah. which they read so there's this again, whole scene where they refuel this the blackbird on the way to afghanistan yeah 
because they or had they some archival footage of a of a blackbird refueling. <laughs> like we paid for this, we're gonna use it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just about all I got. This sucked. I couldn't even. I thought in the moment these quotes were funny, and now I'm reading them back <laughs> and I'm realizing, that's even man, that wasn't actually funny that funny. Part. That's the whole the funny part that I thought was funny isn't actually funny. This movie sucks. Just on the sucked. boring side of competent. Yeah, you you kind of hit the nail on the head. What's funny for me is how long have we been on this call? Uh-huh. An hour. An hour. And we still have yet to mention the fact that these are like biohazard bombs that they're going to oh, drop. Oh yeah, there's this and whole plot all of a sudden to drop like, like bio two, weapons uh, on yeah, America. Yeah, like two days. It will take to take over the world, and I was like, "Where did this come?" I'm. We haven't talked about the what? villain at all. Because he no, it no. simply really doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> I do also appreciate that they it need, just didn't make sense. The thing that stuck out to me is that he pays this guy a hundred million dollars to steal the seventy-five million dollar plane, and then another hundred million to fly the plane to drop these. And they need the super stealthy plane so they can fly over Europe and drop this bomb, and then fly over America and drop yep. this bomb. But then they say it, it will spread to literally the entire world, including Antarctica. Like, they speed run a game of Pandemic up on this military screen yeah. in 48 hours. So you could just drop this bomb, like, literally right where it's at. And apparently it will still take over the world. Maybe it'll just take, you know, 72 hours instead. Yeah. I don't know why they even needed the plane in the first place. No. It was stupid. Well, like, the, we haven't talked about the villain at all. So, like, the villain is uh, actually British. Well, so he he's his dad is British and his mom is Afghan, uh, and his mother was killed in an American raid in Afghanistan. So like he hates America, which sympathetic villain. Fair. At that point. go off king. But then he decides I'm going to blow up the whole world, including England and the United States, with these virus bombs, which will kill literally everybody. Which okay, fine. Including the country that I'm supposedly mad that the, the United States bombed. Yeah. It will kill everyone there too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he matters to the actual plot almost not at all. Seagal <laughs> never confronts him. There's not like a showdown with him. Oh, he really no. doesn't, does he? Yeah, no. weirdly enough. That's a good point. The guy, uh, our friend Ratcher says, hey, are you going to pay me? And the guy says, oh, yeah, of course. Here's some cash. And I wired you the rest of the money. And then Ratcher just kills how, him. How? Like, <laughs> like it never. Not really any point to that one either. Again. Doesn't matter at all. Yeah. You nope. know, I would I could have enjoyed this movie maybe really? just a touch more if I didn't sit here and analyze it like this. No, so the like- funny that happens a lot. <laughs> we're actually talking about it. We'll like be this like this movie sucked. It was awful. I'm mad. And then we talk about it and we're like, okay, it's actually not funny. You know, maybe it's like, you know, kind of funny in a way. That the opposite does happen a lot too, where you're like, oh, I kind of had like a decent time. And then you talk about it and you're like, wow, no, there's like no redeeming qualities to this. <laughs> No. Yeah. Um, favorite line for me? I don't have one. I don't remember anything from this movie. I don't remember. Oh, I did any think about it. It's not said. a specific line. Aaron was talking. Don't interrupt him. That's how this goes. That's why we record on separate <laughs> audio tracks. It's fine. I'm gonna leave that in though. Yeah. A uh, movie I would watch instead. Uh, Top Gun. Top Gun. Watch Top yeah. Gun instead. For sure. Sarah, what movie would you watch instead? You can't say Top Gun. I already saw. I took that one. I was going to say, can I say Top Gun Maverick? <laughs> oh, that that's fine. Okay. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> or um, Armageddon. Why? Not, not that... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hans I don't has mean like that the as in, that's a bad choice. Ground I'm curious curi- to say why yeah, I'm, cu- this I'm curious movie. to know... Yeah, yeah. honestly. Oh, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I don't mean that as though that's the wrong choice. I'm curious to know why you would choose it. to find something that's relevant. And then he just goes, oh, I don't know, the big Lebowski. Just out of nowhere. Does Armageddon at least have a spaceship on it? Yeah, no, you're somewhat relates. Hans is never relates. Yeah, so screw you, Hans. Yeah, screw you, Hans. I wasn't. I was just oh, curious. Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor is a good. Oh, one there you too. go. No, I'm looking for one. Don't steal all of the ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of another plane movie. I just Google searched fighter jet movie. Airplane. Airplane. <laughs> oh, airplane. Air Force yeah, One. You're welcome. Oh. Okay, I'm gonna before anyone steals, so I'm gonna say airplane exclamation mark, and I'm gonna say Air Force One. So. Uh, that one scene Good from the original Hans. Transformers, where the little robot steals the data from George Bush. Mm-hmm. So cute. <laughs> when he asked for a ding dong. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. 
That's my favorite scene in the original Transformers. <laughs> it's so stupid. My favorite scene is when they're in the interrogation room and my man eats the whole all the plates because he's innocent. He eats the whole plate, yeah. Oh man, that just makes me want to like rewatch the series of uh, video essays on YouTube. The whole plate. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's very, very good. So you can watch that instead too. Yeah. For me, it's gonna be season six, episode one of Archer. The whole oh. because Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> he does this every time. In that, in that episode, listen, hear time. me out. Hear me out. In that episode, Archer's mission is to go find a plane that crashed oh. at enemy territory and destroy wow. it. Okay, this is actually the first time it's relevant. Wow. I'm also going to suggest Independence Day. Oh, okay. okay. Independence okay, Day is Independence good. Okay, Independence Day is good, yeah. Or uh, whatever episodes of House of the Dragon that Steve Toussaint is in as Lord Corliss. <laughs> this is pretty he sad, but even like the really terrible... like end of game of thrones when we're getting towards the end of game of thrones like seven or eight whenever you have like the iron fleet up against like the dragons like that's kind of like an aerial combat movie and that's really bad but still better than this yeah i'd rather watch the entire final season of game of thrones before this any parting thoughts for anybody on this movie flight of fury flight of fury more like flight and hurry up i'm (laughs) done watching this movie preach (laughs) it was unremarkable unmemorable Truly, don't waste your time. If, if we, you, n- n- I'm not done talking. <laughs> I waited for a gap. <laughs> you tricked me. I'm allowed to have gaps while I'm thinking. Thank you, sir. Yeah, come on. If you want your brain to be rotted, sure. But if you need to like keep some sanity, don't bother. We have listed several other movies to watch. Move on. Yeah, if we did not watch Actually, this- no, I still have more. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if we did not watch this specifically to talk about it on a podcast, I would have forgotten about this movie already. Mm-hmm. I would like forget that I watched it. <laughs> I would just think, oh, did I watch, like, did I fall asleep during Top Gun the other day? Like, <laughs> Hans. Flight of Fury, more like Flight of Turdy. Oh, he did. He watch. tried. <laughs> he tried. That was an attempt. <laughs> Flight of Fury, more Thanks, like guys. Of Fury, <laughs> boom, got him. <laughs> Flight of Fury, more like flight or fight, because that's what it uh, made me feel. <laughs> so bad. No. <laughs> Why would I make a fool of my? No. Mm-mm. No. That's the whole point of what we're doing here. <laughs> you should be proud of Hans. I am Hans the same one. one. Yeah, you watch history. This is what we do every week here. You're a part of history being in in 20 years when we're all when we're all famous and this is what got us off the ground. You can thank yourself for being a part of it. I'll just thank my husband. <laughs> he will fund my expensive lifestyle. You should be glad he said whenever he made some kind of joke like that before. He said like, "Oh yeah, when this podcast is a hit after we're like long dead or something." I was like, "Why do we have no. to be dead in this scenario?" Yeah. The only thing that's sticking with me this evening is that when Hans introduced me, he introduced me as his best friend. Aww. I just want that to stay with everyone. No, I have to I have to introduce you like that. We're legally bound. We are legally bound. By a, this is true. Either yeah. a paper plate or a paper towel, I can't paper remember. Paper towel. I have, uh, Get it right. I have photographic evidence of it. <laughs> but anyway, I guess that was Flight of Fury. Uh, don't watch it. It's not worth your time. <laughs> it's not that. even fun I bad. That. It's just bad. I've heard that. No, it's just bad. Lower end of mediocre competent. Well, if you were to go on a letterbox, what would you rate oh. it? Oh, oh yes. Uh, two One stars. Star. Two stars. Two. Two. That's generous. That's generous. What would you rate it? Oh, half a star. Half a star. Wow. Oh, see, again, this is the barometer. <laughs> oh, Sarah, the, Sarah, you don't know how close. far down we've been. <laughs> I, I, I've heard... But I haven't watched any of those. I haven't wasted my time. They get so they get so bad. You pray that like one day Letterbox will let you do like f- fractional stars. Like each point of the star can be its own its own rating. Like I most review things make me wish for like a ten point scale. Um, Seagal movies make me need like a hundred point scale, so I can say this is like a you know twenty seven, and this is like a twenty six. Yeah. Um. I, I'm going to go right there in the sweet spot that nobody's hit yet. I'm going to say one and a half stars. There you go. Ticker still remains the champion of worst Seagal film. I'm going to... Worst Seagal film? I'm going to make Sarah watch Ticker yeah. at some point just so no. she knows how low the bar goes. Uh, Hans, what do we have coming up next after this yeah, one? Yeah, what's next week? 
Oh, that is a good question. Um, the answer is Urban Justice. Come on, get on top of it. Urban, urban Justice. Just be hosting this. Oh, thing. released urban in the Justice. United Kingdom as Renegade Justice. <laughs> Brits need a fancy word. This one I can tell is going to be yeah. dicey. This one will be very dicey, I'm sure. But in the meantime, make sure you always have a flight plan to freedom. Ooh. <laughs> What, you're telling me he didn't find the enemy on the other side? Oh, no. no. <laughs> I don't, the enemy on the other side. The the enemy? Just <laughs> Isn't that where the enemies always are? <laughs> it's okay, babe. No, that's the that was the tagline for what's it called? Yeah. The one that we just the episode that just went up. Um, yeah, no, no, no. Zach didn't no. just make that up. That was a, a oh. bull- tagline for some other awful movie. It was this time he found the enemy on the other side, on the wrong side or something like that. Are we done for this? I think we're done. Oh, thank God.